0: This show is sponsored by the wonderful fans of college football and by listeners like you. Thanks so much, and let's get this party started. Welcome to the Super Fan Dan Show. Cash is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Davis uh-huh. is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Oliver's going to win the football game. You're done messed up, AA Ron. This is no democracy. It is a dictatorship. I am the law. If you survive camp, you will be on the team. If you survive. And now here's your hope. What a game! Why do you even ponder passing? I mean, you can take a knee and try a 56-yard field goal. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. Superfan, Dan. Then! <laughs> Welcome to the first ever episode of the Super Fan Dan Show. It is an absolute pleasure and privilege to have you listening, and I appreciate each and every one of you. Today, I want to focus on the top five teams to watch in college football. Not the five best teams, not the five teams that are the most exciting to watch, per se, but five teams we should keep an eye on in positive or negative ways that can impact our enjoyment of the game, but also that passion that comes in. And speaking of passion, I could ask the same question to 20 different listeners, and I bet each and every one of you have a different top five. So if your top five is different and you want to prove me wrong, which will happen a lot, by the way, because I'm definitely not perfect, I would suggest that you join our socials on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, to debate with me on your top five teams and see what we agree on or don't agree on. I am looking forward to those conversations. Now, getting into this, let's get into this top five. Starting with... Number five. Oregon State. Really interesting program. Came out of nowhere last year to finish 10-3, 6-3 in conference. Just an amazing, amazing season. But how do you build off of that? is this season just a fluke because there's a lot of teams that have an amazing year and then disappear the next year. Well, I don't know if anyone remembers, but they made an interesting move in the transfer portal that nobody is really talking about. And that's getting Clemson quarterback, DJ Ui Angulale. I am not going to say that last name again. So I am proud of myself for getting that right. DJ, if you don't remember, Clemson quarterback last year, lost the job to Clay Cade Klubnik at the end of last year. Interesting prospect, because if you remember, his first game was against Notre Dame. Trevor Lawrence was out, and he balled. Ended up losing the game, but in double overtime. I think he could be a huge get for them. This could be Bo Nix all over again. Bo Nix was not good at Auburn, goes to Oregon, becomes a Heisman frontrunner this year. DJ could be in the same boat, or this could implode. I'm really excited to see where they are going with this, with this new regime, with DJ at quarterback. And if you look at their schedule, it's really, really interesting because the end part of their schedule is absolute nightmare. They face Washington and Oregon the last two games of the year. That's tough. You face Utah and UCLA on the 29th and the 14th of September and then October. So it's going to be tough to replicate what they did, which is why I find it really interesting that if this transfer works with DJ and they can continue on this success, they could go a long, long way. So watch out for those Oregon State Beavers. Next up on the list. Number four. Now this team is so interesting for multiple, multiple reasons. I have Texas A&M. Again, it imploded last year when they lost to Appalachian State. Absolutely imploded. And then they lost 27 transfers. Ten of those transfers were from the 2021 class that had 21 players. So they almost lost half their 2021 class over the offseason. They are getting 15 transfers in, and the fact that Jimbo Fisher still has a job, yeesh, he's a good salesman, very, very good salesman. And I'm looking at their schedule, and the things that really pop out to me is they play Alabama, Tennessee, and South Carolina in back-to-back-to-back weeks, October 7th, October 14th, then they have a bye, and then October 28th with South Carolina there. If they go 0-3 in that stretch, I think Jimbo's fired. There's nowhere for him to run anymore. He's fired. He's done. If he if he wins one of those and is competitive in all three, he survives. But right now, he's on very thin ice, and I think his seat, his hot seat, is really, really hot. So watch out for Texas a and I think Jimbo will be the first coach fired this year. But hey, I've been wrong before, so that'll be very fun and interesting to watch. Speaking of interesting to watch, number three, we have Nebraska, who quite honestly has not been helping out the Big Ten at all. When they were switched from the Big 12 to the Big Ten, it was expected that they were going to be a ranked team that would compete for playoffs or national championships or whatever have you. That has not been the case. Scott Frost was a complete wash. Enter Matt Rule. Very interesting coaching candidate. I think he could turn this program around. I also think it's going to take time. Nebraska and Rule both needed a second chance. Rule turned around Baylor, but his first year at Baylor was 1-11, followed by 7-6. and followed by 11 and three, which after that he bolted for the NFL and basically did nothing. Now, granted, he didn't have a quarterback. Really? His best quarterback might've been Sam Darnold. Maybe if we're stretching that maybe, but he hasn't had, he has not shown that he has prolonged success in college. He had two winning seasons at Baylor, one of them seven and six. And like I said, one at 11 wins. If they start off slow again, if I'm a Nebraska fan, I'm worried. Scott Frost was supposed to be the savior of Nebraska. He flopped miserably. He flopped so bad that they got Rule, who is a defensive minded coach, and they need that badly because last year, Nebraska was 77th in scoring defense at 27.5 points a game allowed. And 100th in the nation in total yards given up in 414 yards a game. 100. Nebraska. And the fact that Scott Frost was giving up black shirts some games, absolute joke, absolute travesty. So it's very interesting to see if this becomes more of a train wreck or if Rule can turn the ship around. I think he can, but Nebraska fans, be patient. Your time will come. I think it will be, though, a couple years down the road. Next up on our list, number two, Wisconsin. Should be a very, very fun year if you are a Wisconsin Badger fan. I say that because for most years, it was eight, nine guys in the box, our running back just going right down the middle, as well as our quarterback managing the game. Nothing great, nothing spectacular. Reminds me of a three-star restaurant. You know what you're getting. It's going to be good, but it's never going to improve. It's never going to be elite. Enter Luke Fickle and Phil Longo. They literally threw out their menu, threw out their chef, and are starting from scratch a new hybrid offense of the Air Raid and a 3-3-5 defense. This could either be really, really good or, again, really, really bad. This program was built on the running game, built on the power running game with a bunch of amazing running backs throughout the years. But this change was needed. Wisconsin does have good regular season success under Paul Christ when he was the coach there. But he could not beat Ohio State, could not beat Penn State, And now we can't beat Michigan since they've retooled under Jim Harbaugh and the team that's made the playoff past two years. Absolutely crazy scenario for Wisconsin. I think they can do it. They brought in Tanner Mordecai. They have Braylon Allen that came back. That was huge for Fickle to get Allen back. He was almost on his way to Michigan until Fickle convinced him to stay. Braylon Allen has success against eight and nine-man boxes. Imagine his success when there's five or six in the box with four wide receivers and a quarterback and shotgun. It's going to be very, very exciting. And what's crazy is that this is the perfect year for them to transition. They have a very soft schedule. Their schedule does not include Michigan or Penn State, and it has Iowa and Ohio State at home. Their toughest road game is probably Illinois or Minnesota, possibly Washington State. This team might only lose two or three games. With the best ceiling point would be to lose one. Can they do it? It's very, very possible. Their players have bought into the system. The staff have bought into the system. I think it's going to be very, very exciting. And if you look ahead to the future, their 2024 recruiting class is insane for Wisconsin. Insane. There's a lot of excitement going on. It's well-deserved. Now it's time for Fickle and Longo to cash in on it and make sure they get those victories. Very exciting time for Wisconsin. And speaking of an exciting time. Number one. So we had Oregon State, Texas A&M, Nebraska, and Wisconsin. And I think the most intriguing team to watch, the most fun team to watch this year that's going to be very interesting is Colorado. It's got to be. I think if you ask anybody, their top five. Everything's going to be different, but I think Colorado is going to be on everyone's list. Coach Prime goes from Jackson State, builds them up, and goes to Colorado, which shocked me. I thought he'd go to a place like Florida State, Texas, or some big-time program. He goes to Colorado, of all places, a team that had one win last year. One. And the other crazy thing is that he's taking 51 transfers with him, completely overhauling the program completely overhauling. The next team that is closest in transfers is Arizona state. They had 30, 21 more transfers than any other team in college football. Can Colorado do it quite possibly they can, but if they get six or seven wins this year, it's considered a victory. I think it is anything better than their one win. And they can build off of that is going to be huge absolutely huge. And I think this could be either a huge train wreck or it's going to be one of the best inspirational stories in the past decade for college football. I, for one, will definitely be watching. And especially when you look at their schedule, they have all power five teams. The only group of five team is Colorado state and they're playing them because it's a rivalry game but they play after they play that rivalry game with Colorado State, they play Oregon and USC in back-to-back weeks. Could you imagine if they win both those games? I don't think it's going to happen, but could you imagine if they beat those teams back-to-back? Our minds would be blown, absolutely blown, and that's what I love because it's a possibility. You saw what TCU did in the Big 12 last year. Should probably not have gone undefeated, but they found ways to win each and every week in bizarre and crazy ways. If they can find that magic, it's going to be a fun ride. It's going to be a very fun ride. So what do you guys think? Is this top five crazy? Is this stuff that you agree with? Well, like I said earlier in the program, you're more than welcome to join our socials on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under the title super fan dan show we'd love to have you i'd love to hear about your top five and would love to hear who your sleeper team is or another team that you think could surprise a lot of people this upcoming football season i'm very excited to share these episodes with you and i hope to create an amazing community where we can share our passion for college football together to stay updated on future episodes please hit that subscribe button So you can stay up to date on the new episodes that we launch each and every week. Take care, everybody. And we'll see you next time here at the Super Fan Dan Show, where football is our middle name.